exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 22. 22, 2, 2. Episode 22 in 2022. Oh, excellent, yeah. Now, if we timed this better, we should have timed this so that we did this on February 22nd. Oh, well. But we didn't, we didn't think that far ahead. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is episode 22 of With Love and Justice for All. I am Reverend Ogan Holder, co-founder of Project Sanctus, a safe, brave online space to discover and live your holy selves. And in so doing, create a world of love, justice, and equity for all. I'm here with my partner in crime and consciousness, the one, the only magnificent Reverend <laughs> Kelly Isola. How are, how are you today? You didn't see that intro coming, did you? No, I'm All digging right. it now. There you go. Everyone you go. needs everyone needs like like you need a hype man. I mean, I'm a hype man. Yeah, you're what? A hype man. That's what that's what they call us in the culture. Well, we, everyone we needs one of those, and they need exactly. when as a little girl, I'd have a little music box, and when you'd open it, there'd be a little ballerina. I'm like, well, the heck with the ballerina. What yeah. we need is open the hood, open the hood, open the top open. of the box. I know. <laughs> And uh, hear, hear applause, hear cheers and applause. That's what everyone needs. Or even better, from the hood, you need to get yourself uh, a brother hype man because no, no, nobody nobody does it. Nobody was, does it like a black I was thinking the hood of a car. I don't know where the heck that came from. In again, my mind, I again, could see a car. Again, one word, different meanings. I know. I didn't people. even go. And when you said that, I didn't even go there. That wasn't so, even this is this is a great almost almost a great segue to our discussion totally it totally is today today we're gonna be talking about the psychic weight of race well yeah we did not plan that opening but hey that's that's great as always as always if you are listening live on tuesday uh at 3 p.m eastern time Mm -hmm. You can join in the conversation. Hit us up 816-251-3555. You can hit us on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, at Get Our Holy On. You can email us, Ogan or Kelly, at projectsanctus.com. And uh, we started this a few weeks ago. We are live streaming the recording of the podcast on Facebook. So you can watch us live. You can comment there live or after the fact, share, share the video. Uh, on your own Facebook page, if uh, it's part of the discussion that uh, you find engaging and you think some other people might find engaging as well. So I think I think that's all the introductions. Uh, oh, and of course, learn more about us at projectsanctus.com. So did I miss anything? I think got it all. Yeah, if we did, we'll part. get it along the way. You are really optimistic today. Uh, it's <laughs> my birthday us? week, so yeah. That's right. It is your yeah. birthday week. You only yeah. told me this yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I've already forgotten. That's okay. I did too. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anywho's. So today we're talking again about the psychic weight of race. And if perchance this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, what we are having conversations about is embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppressions of all kinds, whether it's uh, white supremacy, uh, cultural norms of the patriarchy or heteronormative heteronormacy. That's the word heteronormacy. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What, 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 whatever those oppressions that sexism been... classism racism ableism all the above picanism um, picanism pick and ism sadly and i don't mean that in jest well my brain went what is picanism who are <laughs> pick <laughs> and ism pick and ism i i okay had to slow it down a little bit um yeah. so anyway so that's what we're all about and uh, and and we talk about the especially the specific challenges that arise as spiritual seekers we're both ordained ministers we've 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 served in churches we've um so so we know that spiritual communities have their own unique set of challenges when it comes to um addressing the isms even admitting that the isms exist among them <laughs> so 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 uh, uh this is a show that um calls us in and calls us up um, and today we are talking about the psychic weight of race. Um, so where where do we want to start with this? Perhaps we should start by reminding people that race isn't real. And when I say race isn't real, it's a it's a it's a a, 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 a construct that was created from the outset to rank hierarchies of different peoples. But because race 
isn't real, it doesn't mean that the effects of that hierarchical ranking system aren't real because we believe that in, in, in the, in the system and whether we actively believe in it or not, it's been around for so long that it is, it is embedded into every fiber of every person's culture, into every personality we've internalized, um, all yeah, the, we didn't choose it. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't choose it. It is, it is the water in which we are swimming, <laughs> the air we are breathing. And, and regardless of the color of our skin, we have internalized a lot of these isms that we talked about racism, the patriarchy and sexism and ageism and ableism, all the isms the, 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 they've, they've just been there. And, and again, I think what challenges a lot of spiritual seekers is <clears throat> a lot of spiritual seekers tend to be very conscious of their spiritual growth, but we have to remember that a lot of these things are unconscious, unconscious. We don't even know they're there, but they still impact how we show up in the world. And because they're unconscious, we often don't realize that we're, we're perpetuating these things. Um, and, and both Kayla and I have been guilty of, of this ourselves because we're, we're, we're in here. We, we've shared about how we've messed up on that. We've shared about our ongoing, um, and, um, efforts to, to challenge ourselves, to investigate and most importantly, to be open to the, to the feedback that comes from others who recognize when we're perpetuating, uh, these isms. And we're blissfully aware that we're not. We're blissfully unaware that we are is probably the better way to say it. Yeah. Well, and you know, it, it's our, um, it, what we were talking when I used the word hood, like I really was thinking of a car hood and the fact that, and then, and what you heard was something very different, which isn't, so this is just one example of this idea of the psychic weight of race. And it's, and um, the fact that uh, it didn't occur to me to, to hear it a different way in myself or to think, you know, of, that it's used a different way. Um, it just didn't, I would have probably gotten there, but it wasn't an instant, right? It wasn't the, the unconscious natural thought, you know, image in my mind. I literally had the picture of a, a, a hood of a car and I said the word hood and, <laughs> and it was funny because not only did I, was that the, the only thing I first heard, but when you said pop the hood, I was like, that doesn't even make sense. How are you going <laughs> to pop open a neighborhood? I don't understand what she said. It never occurred to me to go like, might, might she mean something else by this? Right. I, and so that's like a, that's a microcosm of a, the greater macrocosm when we use the term, the psychic weight of race, meaning that, um, that it's a radically different lens through which we're, you know, through which we look at the world and move through the world. And um, hood is in terms of neighborhood. Um, it's not, it's not that I don't know that it's just not a regular part of necessarily my vocabulary or speaking. Uh, Cause it's not a, it's not what white folks <laughs> say. We don't refer to our, you know, neighborhoods of, bi-level homes and nice lawns and as the hood. Um, and if, if I hear a white body use the word hood, it's not in referring to a neighborhood, you know, uh, it's generally not um, in a, in a positive or even a neutral way. Yeah. Um, but yet you, you went there immediately. I went there. Yeah. That I was went there. And and fascinatingly, did never never growing up growing up in a place in a culture that didn't use that terminology. It's 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 what I have picked up from living here in the U.S. half my life. Right. Um, and to your point, the hood generally generally has more of a of a of a of a inner city type connotation, and didn't didn't. Uh, live in the inner city while I was in the U.S. Not really suburbs, um, but again, it's it's when we when we speak about languaging and terminology specific to particular cultures. That's what this was. Black folks say the hood. So, anyways, I yeah. think we've 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 
tinker that long enough. <laughs> well, it was just, it, we did. And it was still, it's still fascinating because uh, there's a whole lot of language that, that, that goes. So that kind of communicate, that kind of disconnect um, goes on all the time. It's, it's happening largely unconsciously and we're not even, um, yeah, that's why it's unconscious. We're not aware, but it goes on more than we may realize. Um, so what exactly is the psychic weight of race? It's, um, uh, the way that, um, um, you know, we just want to have this human experience, um, you know, as white bodies, we don't talk about a particular position that we, we may hold in this caste system we have in the U.S., um, racism, race, you know, and how it outpictures is a caste system. Uh, we just, as white bodies, we just talk about all humanity. Um, we don't carry the burden at all of having to be conscious of our race because we just assume we we don't even talk about white as a race. We, for the most part, white bodies will, if you ask them the impact of race, they'll talk about their third grade teacher who was black or you know, a coach or their best friend who's, you know, it, it doesn't become a racialized image or group until someone other than white enters the picture. So that's, so what we mean by, so white people don't bear the weight of racialization. We just move through the world, not even existing as a racial being and just assuming that, that this is that white bodies is the norm right, is the center from which all things emanate here in the U.S. in our, in our culture. And that tends to tick people off <laughs> when, when, you know, when you talk like that. Um, uh, well, well, it, 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 it ticks people of color off having to bear the weight yes. in, and of, in and of itself. It's, yes. it's tiring. It's, it's, it's exhausting. Um, and yeah. That's all I got to say. That and and back to and back to back to our unintended opening <laughs> with 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 the verbiage. You know, part of that psychic weight is around languaging and being mm-hmm. being told. Um, you know, um, it's it's not proper English, right? Um, right. Or it's not you know uh, black ways of saying and being are not acceptable. Um, so so that's 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 part of that's part of that weight. Being, being told that what is, uh, whether it's languaging, imaging, music, what is meaningful for us is lesser value until there's the attempt to appropriate it. Right. Then all of a sudden, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a thing. So, and even when, you know, part of the, um, you know, the, the thing that's also built into that, that weight, that harm that trauma um the psychic weight of race what's built into that is um even is part of that weight is that general often when white folks want to know something they'll go to a person of color to here teach me and it's like no (laughs) because it's it's adding weight and labor and toil onto the body of people that have been toiling and laboring for centuries um, and if the person of color is kind enough to, you know, to educate or to respond, um, and if, if as a white body, if I don't like the answer, then I'm going to dismiss you. So now I'm adding more weight onto, um, um, uh, onto what you're already carrying because often white bodies don't, they don't like what they hear. And so now somehow you're not qualified, um, whatever it is you have to say about racism is now it's not legitimate. You know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. There's the, uh, there's that, um, why are we still talking about this? Haven't you gotten over this yet? Yeah. Look how much progress, you know, we've made it as a country, as a nation. Oh, and my absolute, my absolute favorite yeah, we elected a black president. We're good. What 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 more do you want? 
Um, and those are those are almost farcical e extremes, but then they're also really subtle extremes. We, we've we've talked about some of these before. For example, in in our spiritual communities, um, the idea of 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 um, paying attention to making your community truly welcoming for uh, people of color or any marginalized community don't just assume that it is because as a new thought community or even a christian community because it's all about love and openness don't assume that it is um you know we we've we've, we've heard folks tell of um some communities that that initially um resisted having affinity groups for example you know uh, again that that whole like if 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 you black folk go off and talk amongst yourselves that's that's divisive that's 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 separating um and and we don't we don't want to encourage anything that is divisive so 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 that happens um you know when we when we have um folks struggling with languaging around um sexual identity pronouns and 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 folks who are trans especially there's there's that sense of of Again, whether whether your intention is to be unwelcoming or not, it still comes across as not being seen, not being heard, not being honored for who an individual is. And again, even if none of this is an in, is intentional, is there the effort to go? Um, let's watch our our, our language and our actions. Let's ask ourselves, uh, you know, especially as leadership, what might be some of these internalized uh, traits that are running through us as leaders, spiritual leaders, that uh, that is not allowing us to go like, yes, do these things. Yes, let's let's make the effort to work on this. Um, so so using using for example the you know we are about we are about oneness. We don't want to separate. We don't want to be divisive is again an invitation to look at um, what may have been internalized that you're not willing to work with. And, and a lot of that is things we've, we've discussed before the, you know, like the, the right, the right to comfort. Well, and the, even the um, uh, belong. I don't, I don't ever have to wonder if I belong almost like rarely. And, and what I mean by that is that wherever I go, um, and it's changing a little, I think some, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that, um, but wherever I go in my world, I go to, you know, I go to the grocery store, I, I'm driving down a highway looking at billboards, I, um, you know, I, going into a, a grocery store, um, in terms of you know what you know what foods I like and and where where they are you know on what shelf high and low and who you know I walk into a restaurant and who are the um, you know most of the wait staff or who are the manager it just it's it's a very um, uh, it, it, it can it largely unconscious and I don't ever have to question the color that my color shows up wherever I go. Who that took me a long time to get to that. Um, <laughs> well, I kept better, thinking better of leave. examples in my head, but it was, it was, that's really what I wanted to say. And better, even better late than ever. Yeah, I know. Well, Hey, it's my birthday <laughs> week. I'm thinking about cake and party. Um, there you go. But even uh, um, in 2017, so that's just five, four and a half, five years ago when Rihanna came out with that, that makeup line for every skin color that's 2017 and yeah. and the number of women of color that just were like you know in social media were like finally finally thank you like all this gratitude um i never had to think about that and 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 to to to, to clarify some more um every shade every shade of brown <laughs> right yeah. every every shade of browns and and we and we got a lot of shades yeah. Um, and and for for women especially the uh, makeup brands um, didn't cover the spectrum right. of, of of shades um, and and Rihanna's line 
did that. And <laughs> now she's a billionaire. Uh, so good for her. <laughs> but he, I mean, even Band-Aids. I mean, how long have freaking Band-Aids been around? Um, and and speaking of makeup uh, and 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 hair products, like um, you are very clear that when you walk into um, you know most places that sell hair products, uh, yours will be uh, uh, plentiful and not locked behind uh, right. a, a screen. Um, and to your point, places are getting better. Like <laughs> I was in I was in Target. I was in Target. Um, Give Target a little bit of shout out. You can do better, but still giving Target a little bit of a shout out. Um, um, and we, with my girlfriend, Ava, and she is, she's a lighter shade of brown. And she was looking, she was looking for, for um, a, a, like a makeup remover pad. Um, cl- uh, not Nothing I've ever had to look for in my entire life, but we checked. And, and she was looking for something that was specifically um, not, organic but not you know super filled with chemicals i don't know if hypoallergenic is the word i want but whatever it was she was looking for it and she looked in the regular aisles and couldn't find it and i said let's go let's go check the brown people aisle right and i said that and the fact that i could say that that there's a target aisle now with 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 mostly just products Mm. catered to to brown and black folk right and sure enough separate from the other um, eye makeup removal stuff and all the other brands was was a brand. Um, going to give them another shout out. Shea Moisture. Love you, Shea Moisture. I'm a big fan of your products too. That black soap, mm, delectable. Anyways, um, <laughs> they, uh, they they had a brand of wipes, um, makeup removal wipes um, with a uh, base, uh, was, uh, Shea Butter is the is the main ingredient. It was, it was wonderful. She loves them. Um, so, so yes, people are doing better. Um, and still, uh, you know, it's still, you know, three aisles of regular stuff and one brown, one brown people aisle. So, I mean, baby, baby, baby steps. Um, so, and, and, and often, however, what, what the, the balance we have to strike then is then when does it become, when does it become, uh, we are legitimately wanting to cater to these customers versus like, we just want to appear woke uh sort of deal Mm. so so there's a balance to strike there too and lest you think i am too cynical about this uh you know it's always a it's always a what what do these companies and organizations do behind the scenes to support these communities looking at you disney and Uh. um you know um so so we talk about love and justice for all. Um, I think most most everyone should be aware by now of that 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 horrendous um, anti LGBTQ bill in in Florida that's about to be passed into law, which which says um, in schools uh, K through third grade uh, teachers cannot discuss anything related to uh, sexual identity at, at all. Um, which uh, and I saw this news report that was. Uh, they were interviewing a gay kindergarten teacher and he said part of what we do every year is we have kids bringing pictures of their family to talk about their families oh, God. and he says and he says up till now i've been bringing in pictures of my partner and we talk about how yeah. different families look now what do i do right because the law is so broad and teachers can can sue parents if they think this is being discussed in the classroom so this bill is this bill is up to be signed into law i think i think it's it's passing all through the florida house and senate i think the governor has to sign it into law is the only step left um and we come to find out that disney had been making contributions to a lot of the politicians who authored and supported this bill uh so when people pointed this out at first disney's reaction was uh we don't need to say anything in opposition because we have characters in our stories that uh, represent different communities, like the gay community and the trans community. So we don't, uh, our, our stories are our statement, <laughs> which was, which was fascinating because then people working within Disney, especially in the Pixar studios was like, uh, no, 
Like we we send y'all a we we send y'all a lot of things and y'all send it back to us with almost everything wiped out. So, uh, no, no, that's not true. And you can't you can't say you support a community and then you are financing the people who are hurt in that community. You can't have it both ways. So they've Disney sort of come full circle and uh, they said they're gonna stop giving money to these folks and and the 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 CEO is funny, you know, backtracking making a statement about it. Um, and, and he tried to, I think, you know, buy a good look by making a contribution to the human rights campaign. And they turned him down. They're like, no, we're not, we're not taking your money. We just want you to do better. So anyways, sorry, I went off on a little bit of a tirade there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's up. That's what's up for me now, because it's the same thing. It's the same thing with, with communities of color and organizations who say we support you and then make contributions to other people and other organizations that are actively seeking to harm us and harm us in right. ways like, you know, uh, voter suppression laws and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's when we talk about psychic uh, weight, <laughs> this is what we're talking about, right? If you're not hearing it in my voice, this is the sort of thing that weighs on us all the time. Yeah, I, I, um, um, I, I don't carry. Anything. We're going to break, apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I missed the message. You're listening to With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. All right, we're back. This is episode 22, The Psychic Weight of Race. Apologies for the abrupt ending uh, before we were having some technical difficulties. And when I say technical difficulties, I mean in my brain. I didn't I didn't see the message from uh, um, our wonderful engineer, Jeff, that we were about to go to break and... Therefore, we the break came to us. So um, <laughs> apologies for that. Uh, but we're back. We're, again, discussing the psychic weight of race, um, it being a burden in so many ways, uh, as Kelly pointed out, that, that white folk uh, don't have to carry and are blissfully unaware of it, that it exists. So, so in this second half of the program, we want to talk about um, alleviating uh, that psychic weight a little bit and and um also the the how do we how do we i guess not just alleviate the weight but maybe not create the weight to begin with <laughs> uh, right right is that a good way to put it yeah well yes it is um you know i i use the same um my you know purpose and my you know what supports me and i guess I don't want to necessarily use the word drive, but the, what mission in doing this work is I take the language from Robin D'Angelo. She says, it's not, it's not about doing, not harming. It's about doing less harm. So it's, it's knowing the, that at least now in our world, that just by the function of being white, I already enjoy freedom from the burden of race. I'm, I, you know, I've not been socialized to see myself or any other whites in racial terms. So I don't have to worry about how others feel about my race. It's, it never comes up. And I, and I don't ever worry about that. My race will be held against me. So in knowing that I, then sort of a, the, the next one of the dots connected to that is that any space I walk into as a, as a white body is it, it there's already you know, the power differential, there's already, you know, harm. So it's, a, for me, it's doing less harm. So that's how I, you know, for now, until our world is radically different, um, it's doing less harm. And so alleviating the psychic weight of racism is, is for me, it begins with um, being racially literate, being racially aware, uh, so one one way that I do that is is knowing my you know we've talked about this in lots of different places knowing my social location you know right. so everywhere I go um 
you know, I can, in my mind, I have my little social location wheel and I just notice like, you know, where's the, you know, bodies of color, if any, if, you know, if I'm in like a restaurant or I'm a hotel or, you know, um, the movie theater, grocery store, wherever, you know, looking at what's my social location in terms of my, you know, the color of my skin, my age, my gender identity, my, um, uh, you know, maybe, maybe even what I'm buying. I mean, we all look in each other's grocery carts when you pass by, like, we try to be subtle, but not everyone is so subtle. Uh, But even how we're dressed, um, you know, if I notice a woman wearing a hijab, a a headscarf, um, I then I look around, are there others, you know, it's just, and, and so noticing, um, um, just noticing my social location. And that way I'm racially aware. And without just going, I walk in, I'm just keep using the grocery store, you know, just keep sort of going through, just go through the grocery store and just do what I've always done without noticing um, who's around me, especially when it comes to the employees are the, you know, you can kind of pick out in a grocery store, you can kind of pick out who's management, you can pick out who's the, you know, more manual labor, Um, you can pick out, you can, you can see the hierarchy of employees. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one way uh, for me is, and just using that wherever I go during my day. Uh, It's also when I'm online, Um, you know. And, and as a flip side to that for, for a person of color, um, yeah, we're, we're always hyper aware when we walk into a room where the other black folk are. Am I, am I yeah. the only black person walking into this room, especially if it is, especially if it is a traditionally white space? Right. Um, you know, am I the only black person where the other black people are? Um, I think part of alleviating the psychic weight that we carry is to really take on a sense of we belong here. Mm. Now that we're stepping into white space, we have as much right as anyone else to be here. Uh, and and to allow that to to sort of be our default as opposed to the hypervigilance that we always tend to feel like and again this is not a this is not a switch we flip overnight uh, but this is just an awareness first of all of the hypervigil- hypervigilance that we always walk in which again is not just a psychic weight but it is a physical burden as well is exhausting um, and and I think a lot of that comes from internalizing the message that this is not a space we're supposed to be in. So in order to really flip that on its head, to really claim the I I have as equal a right to be here as any as anyone else. Yeah, there's a um it's that freedom of movement. Yes. I I don't um I have the freedom to move through pretty much any space. I don't um, you know, how many times have we said, you know, um, you know, the taking the jog or being in Starbucks or all these different, you know, just spaces in our world mm-hmm. that me as a white person, I don't ever think at all about my ability to just freely move in any space. But if I was a, a person of color, it, I would, I don't have that. Right. There's somebody watching me. I, that the psychic weight of being watched um, is is daunting. Daunting. I don't have a word. Yes, because I don't have a word because I haven't lived it, and yet I and, wa- I do watch it though. And and infuriating. And 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 to be clear, to be clear, it's not it's not just white people doing the watching. We had a great example of this recently with with Ryan Coogler. Remember the, the Ryan mm. Coogler story? Yep. So Ryan Coogler, for those of you uh, white bodies listening who may not be aware, because uh, every black person knows who Ryan Coogler is. That is an unfair assumption, but I'm making it anyways. Uh, uh, Ryan Coogler is the is the director and the writer who gave us Black Panther and other great movies like Fruitful Station. Um, he walks into a Bank of America the other day wanting to withdraw money from his own account. And he's wanting to keep it like quiet. So he 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 writes a note to the cashier, 
and says, you know, I'd like to withdraw this cash. I want to be discreet about it. Would you mind just counting it like somewhere else? And, and the, the teller at the bank thinks he's coming to rob the place and calls the police on him. Now, mm. here's some important things, some facts to know. He both showed his ID and his bank card, right? So he's not just walking in thinking people recognize who he is. Dude's got a hat on. He's got a mask on. It's COVID. But he shows ID, one. Two, both the teller and the manager of the bank happen to be black, right? So there's that. Police come, you know, they draw guns, they handcuff him, they, they, they put him in the car, and, and it all gets straightened out before he can drive off. You know, the Bank of America has, has apologized. Uh, Ryan Coogler is walking away with um, apparently really no hard feelings. I don't know. I'm sure he's a little bit shook right now, but he's not like going to sue the bank or anything as far as we know. But but the point I'm making is, is that and and the uh, the um, writer and 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 podcaster and uh, Jamel Hill, if you're not if you're not reading and listening to Jamel Hill, she's got a podcast called Unbothered. You really have to. And I. I posted a link on my Facebook page a little while back. Um, but, but she says the, 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 the issue is the, 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 for lack of a better term, the, 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 the belief around suspicion of people of color infiltrated everyone who worked at that bank, regardless of their skin color. So when we talk about internalizing things, this is what we're talking about, right? The fact that the teller and the manager who were also people of color thought that would be suspicious that a black man would walk in and and say, I'd like to discreetly withdraw money from my account. And we go straight away to bank robber. Yeah. Even though he showed ID and a bank card that shows he has an account there. Why is that? Right? Because that's built into the system. And those uh, uh, of us who are in the system, we internalize that stuff regardless of our, of our skin color. So, 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 so both the victim and and the people of color who who call the police, the teller and the manager, yeah, they're bearing that psychic weight too, uh, of 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 the racist racial profiling uh, that 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 happened in that in that in that case. So so it shows up in so many ways that we're not aware of that are embedded in us until something like this happens, right? R right. Well, and even, even, uh, um, you know, you could even think in your, just in your own family, in your own backyard, like how often, um, um, you know, how often do we say, well, you know, we're all just people, you know, we all just, you know, have, um, our experiences, um, and how many, depictions of just humans are um really wind up being you know um a person that's white you know white norms the flesh colored you know how often do we hear flesh colored mm -hmm. um even even in i can remember in my crayola crayon box there was a crayon that was the color was called flesh but flesh for me right it wasn't flesh for anyone much darker yeah. Um, you know, than me. And it wasn't, and it was actually even a little bit lighter than me. Um, but that was everybody that I colored. If I was going to give them flesh tone, it had to be, it was that color. Um, yeah. um, so, 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 so representation or lack thereof is it's, is its own, is its own burden. Yep. And again, again, we have to acknowledge progress has been made. Yes. Yep. Um, and, I, and, and we still have, so much further to go. Well, I bring that one up that yes, there absolutely has been progress and we have a long way to go. And as an example of just look around at your, look around at your world, like just sit at your desk and look at the things sitting on your desk. Um, look at the, the pictures, the artwork in your home. Look at the, the authors of the books. Look at the music that you listen to. Just look at every aspect that makes up your, you know, kind of your day-to-day -day life. And then start looking at who you hang with, right? Because the, the other, you know, thing that's really, uh, if we want to, you know, be, be dismantling this, if we want to um, 
be moving, um, you know, alleviating that psychic weight Mm -hmm. is noticing what's called white solidarity, which is Uncle Bob says something racist and everyone just chuckles. No one challenges Uncle Bob. Yeah. No, no one you're at a party and and, you know, everyone's having a good time and and it's, um, you know, people are laughing and and it's this racial bonding thing, this white solidarity. Um, Nobody people cringe when they hear the racist joke and the 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 racist comments, you know, even if it's not a family, even just at a party and there's lots of people, but no one says anything. Um, because it would ruin the ambiance because it would, you know, everyone's having such a good time. You know, why do we have to make things, you know, why do we have to ruin the good time? Yeah. What, what are we going to talk about that now? Yeah. Well, and so then it becomes, so here's the psychic weight thing is like, when someone says, well, why don't, you know, everyone's having a good time. Really? You mean all the white people are having a good time? Like, let's, let's not and it doesn't mean that anybody there of a person of color is not having a good time but there's the it's recognizing there's an added burden they're already walking around with and likely could be this party where depending on where it is and what space it's in it could be also adding to that psychic weight if the space they're walking into is a white space yep um you know the other the other way of alleviating that that weight is um you know, and I hear this a lot and it, and, and I, I know you have, and, and one that I think gets addressed more often, but talking about, you know, the good old days, like romanticizing things from the past, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that somehow it was better. Um, it was better for white folks because they weren't talking about, no one had to talk about, you know, uh, a different perspective or perspective from people of color. No one had to talk about, you know, 250 years of brutal enslavement and the rape of black women and, you know, enslaved workers selling off black children, you know, so, the genocide of indigenous people, and blah, 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 you know, on and on we go. Uh, I, I, I just, I just thought of something that, that happened this weekend that, that sort of highlights that, which is uh, we went, we went out to, uh, to brunch on Sunday um, a local a local diner that's been um, in the in the neighborhood where I live. Um, this is Germantown, Maryland. It's been a staple here for a very uh, long time. Great, great food, by the way. So let me start with that. <laughs> and great service, great food, and great service. But what's fascinating in the diner is is there's the walls are filled with pictures of you know a time gone by Mm. and they talk about how the owner is like a nostalgia memorabilia freak and he's collected things over the years and i don't they didn't uh i didn't see a picture of the owner or i didn't notice one but i looked at the memorabilia on the walls and I looked at the the pictures and the posters of the walls of like you know celebrities from the you know fifties, uh, sixties, and and old movies and stuff like that, and and events. And I'm looking at them, and by looking at and and if you were an alien that walked into this restaurant and were mm-hmm. judging what America was by looking at these things, you would think that there wasn't a, a person of color living in the United States in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, because everything on the wall right. was white-related. And it was, it was just fascinating uh, to watch and, 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 and to see. And, and uh, to, uh, to, to give a slight but not much better... Uh, uh, contrast. I was in a. I'm calling out. I'm calling out all the corporations. <laughs> okay. Right. Right now, uh, there was a. I walked. In, I walked into a Longhorn uh, st- a steakhouse, and um, mm. again, great steak, great food, right? And I walk in. Of course, there's pictures. There's pictures of of um, of cowboys of 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 american of american pass and i'm looking at these pictures and they're all of course white right Mm -hmm. because apparently um many people kind of forgot that it was really black people who were the first cowboys um and and there's and there's a lot of history you can look up around this black cowboys exist to this day 
And I was like, somebody's got to talk to them about this. And then as I'm walking out afterwards, there's one picture by the door of one black cowboy. Yep. Like just one. Yep. And I was like, baby steps, I guess. Just baby steps. Well, and that one picture has been there forever. Um, I, you know, I'll be honest in, with you. It's inside every Longhorn I've walked into. Oh, oh, it is. Okay, yeah. then. Yeah. I was gonna say I don't know. Was it or or was it just was it was it just put there after after the recent the recent uh you know attention Not, being played to 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 black cowboys in American history? I don't know. I didn't ask. Right. I didn't ask. Uh, I was I was on my lunch break. I was still. I was I was I was shifting the psychic weight of race just for a few minutes to enjoy some steak, but then it came crashing down upon me again. <laughs> you know. I know. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm I'm. You're right. I shouldn't ask. I shouldn't ask if you know. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. And 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 let's also be clear. Like, unless and and this is this is not a disparagement against you know white straight men in america but unless you're a white straight man in america right you don't you don't know what it's like to bear the weight of something so you as a woman in america you're you're bearing your own psychic weight of sexism that i can't relate to um as as a as a straight man right there are people listening to us who are gay who are trans and, and 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 as much as allies as we are we don't understand the psychic weight that they're bearing um especially now with all these anti-gay and anti-trans laws that are being passed um across the country it's 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 a it's a horrendous like politically motivated culture war that makes absolutely no sense but uh you know so 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 there's some psychic weight that 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 other 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 people, other other marginalized groups carry um, as well, and and within every group, um, outside of people of color. So, like with women, uh, black women carry extra psychic weight. Right. Uh, um, black trans people, especially black trans women, carry extra psychic weight beyond what right. regular trans, uh, non-black trans folk, I should say, uh, uh, carry. Um, and it's it's uh, so again not a disparagement against straight white men in America, but that's, that's, that's where the, uh, that's, that's where the, the, the privilege has been in terms of, of over the centuries creating a a, a society that, that catered to them. And, and let me also be clear, give credit where credit is due to the straight white men who have realized this. And they have an enormous amount of power. Yes, they actually carry an enormous amount. They don't carry this, the psychic weight, but they have the power they to have the power to really impact the healing, the dismantling, the yeah. the shifting, the paradigm. And 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 again, shout out to those straight white men, for example, who show up in our affinity groups. Yes, and, and are doing yes. the having the conversations and yes. doing their work to to explore, you know, this this internalized power that that they didn't even realize that they had, but were living from blissfully. uh, Right. So, so folks out there are doing the work and there are some who are clearly not. Yeah. And and they're on my prayer list. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The, the, uh, you know, I, I just want to, um, so another way to alleviate that, that psychic weight is for white bodies is to just get a little humble. Mm. you know a a little bit of humility you know the minute that you find yourself defensive well you can't lump all white people together well yeah i can uh because there's a lot of things that apply to every white person because you're white that's our cultural norm uh and so yes i can there's a lot of things that can lump everybody together it doesn't mean i'm discounting their in someone's individual lived experience and um and have a little humility be willing to if you want to alleviate the psychic weight and what the psychic weight is of racism is an individual who walks through the world with an unconscious knowing that they don't belong that they're less than human that they're not worth as much as you are that there's you know 
I'm going to have to work two, three, four, ten times harder than you for less pay at the same job that I'm not I don't have, you know, the chances of me as a like, say, a black woman, you know, my child, if I give birth, you know, the death rate for Mm -hmm. um, is going to be higher. The chances of my baby dying is greater than, you know, my counterpart white woman. Um, this is the psychic wave. These are real lived things. So I, I'm asking white bodies to get a little humility. Um, just be, when you find yourself defensive, pause and, and recognize that there's other lived experiences that are not yours, that are not as comfortable as yours. And therein lies, okay, so where do I go with that now? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for bodies of color along that same line about, uh, you just mentioned about that, that, that internalized, uh, uh, oppression norm that we have around needing to work, uh, twice, 10 times as hard. And, and, and we've been programmed into the hustle and the grind. Um, you know, we, we've spoken about this, you know, part of, part of how we dismantle that idea is, is, is accent, accentuating, valuing or rest and or, or self-care. No, yes. we don't. We don't have to work as hard. Right. Uh, not only should we not have to, but we don't. We don't have to because what that does is, it 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 hastens. It literally and figuratively hastens our demise. Yes. And and part of the psychic weight of that is that we are valuing ourselves less when we say we have to work just as much to get the same. We are also devaluing what we bring to the table and our and our and our gifts. Um, and, and we're doing that unconsciously. Uh, um, um, so, so part of our, our alleviating our weight is going, you know, no, I'm, 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 I'm going to value rest and restoration and that be form that be a form in and of itself of, of resistance. Yep. So the other, the other way to, um, and all of this is really, you have to be willing to do your internal work, self-awareness, right? It yes. goes along with, you know, the inner work of racial justice, the book that we're, we've just started, um, you know, experiencing. We're going to do six experiential sessions of a book, not just talk about it. Yeah. But um, but being willing to, um, to pause as a white body, to pause, to look within, um, and that, and um you know, that individual ideology where, well, I'm unique. Well, I wasn't, my parents didn't raise me to be racist and got it. And it's still not, doesn't matter. (laughs) You are not exempt from the forces of racial socialization and you're not exempt from continuing racial harm that you do it every day just by saying it doesn't apply to me. Well, we are exempt from the limitations of time or sorry, we're not exempt from the limitations of time. Right. We got we to gotta wrap up this discussion. Uh, thank you again for being here with me, uh, Kelly, and doing and us doing this work together. This has been With Love and Justice for All. Follow us at ProjectScientist.com. We will see you next week.